Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Froth here with the Fod Eater Podcast, Fod Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well, having a great weekend. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, so I don't have my regular Sunday podcast today. I uh, didn't play last night. I watched my beloved dogs come from behind to beat Notre Dame at home here. It was one of those heart attack games. If you're a dogs fan, you know what I'm talking about. It seems it seems like every year, if, if you age watching these games, so. But anyway, we came out on top, and it's 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 fitting. I'm talking about college of college football game because instead of talking about uh, my night below campaign, because we didn't run it last night, Frost going back to school. I'm talking about my. Uh, who knows when it'll happen, but I'm already plan- planning and plotting for my East Texas University Savage Worlds game. So Froth is going back to college, back to school, not entirely unlike Rodney Dangerfield in the movie of, of the same name. So I thought it'd be fun to just have a little podcast today. I felt like podcasting and um, I thought it'd be fun to talk to you guys about uh kind of some of the, the planning and everything and, and, and how I'm thinking about going with this because uh, there is going to be kind of considerable prep going in, into this one, uh, maybe more so than just uh, gearing up for, for D&D for me. Um, so anyway, that's what, we, what I was going to talk about. First thing I want to talk about is a little bit about the kind of conversion of the setting. Now, if, if you're not familiar with the East Texas University or Pine Box setting for Savage Worlds, it's basically, first of all, it's kind of got a, it's a, like a horror, horror vibe, uh, modern horror, but it's, it's not, uh, you know, well, you could, I guess you could run it that way, but it's not really so much a gore or dread kind of cosmic horror. Um, it's more slasher flick, sci-fi horror, Scooby-Doo, ghosts, a little mixture of everything, you know? werewolves and that, that kind of thing too so it's uh kind of horror light maybe somewhere somewhere in the neighborhood of chill more so than uh something like call of cthulhu or or whatever but it, it's all set in this little town of pine box in east texas fictional town where there's a university east texas university and now the the setting is set in modern day, but I'm going to be taking it back to the 80s. So uh, that's like, to me, the quintessential, when you picture, you know, I want a strong comedy vibe in this, and at least that's what I'm aiming for. And when you picture, you know, classic college comedies and whatever, high school to, co- to college age comedies, I always go back to the, the 80s, you know, those classic movies. Um None of them, none of them, very politically correct, mind you, but classic all the same. And so the first thing I'm thinking about is, is really just a conversion to the time period, you know, based on the rules, which is pretty simple. The historical stuff in the game system, although there are some things that are said to have happened in the late '80s into the '90s or whatever, it's easy to just roll the clock back on that. As far as the technology level, you know. Most of it is getting rid of laptops and internet and cell phones, you know. 
And it's funny, it reminded me of how, uh, how different so many movies and everything would be, you know, if there had been cell phones or not been cell phones, you know, um, all that classic looking for a phone and, and all this. And, and you just think about, I don't know, I've got some players that are in their twenties and some, you know, kind of, you know, that to me is very youthful, you know? And so they, they never experienced a lot of, uh, what us older folks did. And, um, you know, I would just go out and, and play in the neighborhood all day, you know, miles from the house, even at, you know, seven, eight years old and roam all day. And, and, you know, you might check in every once in a while with a phone call, you know, from a friend's house or whatever, but there was no, uh, this kind of constant communication and, and, and this kind of thing. So that'll be a big, big change to it. You know, the other things I think I'm going to kind of come up a list with, of a list with a common, um, things from the eighties, you know, Walkmans and just clothing and, and stuff like that. I, a lot of my players won't have to <laughs> have that kind of thing, but, but for others, you know, the idea of a VCR being relatively recent and, and very, very expensive, not everyone having one and just a couple TV channels, the clothes and stuff like that, even though it might not come up in the game and help people take people into the, uh, the time period. So that's kind of some of the, the, the easiest stuff, you know, I'm going to be using, I'm going to encourage them strongly to use these archetypes for East Texas university, which are basically like pre-gens. Now <clears throat> you would still have an opportunity as you advance in the game to kind of take, um, new skills and new edges, which are sort of like feats and increase your own skills and everything. But as far as just baseline, uh, I'm going to encourage them to take these because I want a real stereotypical game. You know, stereotypes are not a good thing in real life, but in 80s college movies, 80s high school movies, you know, they're great. You know, they're kind of the bread and butter of them. You know, I think, you know, honestly, if you could just take the stereotypes from uh, Breakfast Club, that alone would be would be perfect for what I'm looking for. I want... Uh, players to be able to have easy, obvious kind of cultural markers and stereotypes for, for the kind of characters they can play. I think it'll help in role playing. I think it'll add to the comedy. I think it'll uh, add to the, the, to the vibe of it, to really take it in the eighties, to really play up the, uh, the stereotypes, um, social stereotypes. And so some of the ones in the, uh, for the archetypes are the cheerleader, you know, you can picture that. Uh, being East Texas, there's like a rodeo queen one. There's like the student activist, right? The geek. And when I think geek in terms of 80s, obviously Revenge of the Nerds comes to mind. But also things like war games, you know. Maybe the one that actually knows something about computers. An early hacker, you know, like the, the phone modem, you know, sticking the phone in the thing and everything like from war games. Uh, like the party animal, the jock, classic, the jock. Um, the local, you know, townie, stranger in a strange land. This is where you gotta be a little careful. Obviously I would never want anything, uh, um, you know, with any kind of hint of racism. And certainly there are some, some things when you think about this kind of archetype, like in 16 candles, like long duck dong, you know what I mean? There ain't going to be any, any long duck dong in it, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, we're not going to do racial you know, obviously we're not going to do any kind of racial caricature or stereotype, but, but you can still play up, 
a stranger in a strange land without uh, without it being that way. So that's the kind of idea there. You're maybe an exchange student, something like that. There's the gamer, which is like a D&D &D type gamer. It would be a video gamer too, as far as uh, uh, if it was set in modern day, but we're going to skip through that. You know, the teen journalist, you know, sorority sister or frat brother, you know. And those can be ones that maybe even have some friction with like the, the nerd types and the, and the party and whatever. So those, those are the basic archetypes it's got there. I would maybe add, you know, the goth or punk um, and that kind of thing uh, to it. So hopefully they'll want to pick, pick one of those and, and roll with it. So the other things I'm thinking about are to help them, uh, you know, coming up with lists of, of movies and uh, both college and high school movies for them to use uh, just as kind of inspiration. Obviously, I've talked about some of the John Hughes stuff already, which is uh, great for that, uh, you know, Pretty in Pink, as well as uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and um, uh, Breakfast Club that I already mentioned. Um you know, Animal House, it's perfect to look at. Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, even though some of these are high school, not college, they're right on that kind of edge because you are starting this game as freshmen, you know. So, um, uh, I know I mentioned Revenge of the Nerds. You guys get where I'm going with this pretty much. But I'll, I'll, uh, Real Genius, that's another great one. Um uh, back to school with Rodney Dangerfield. You know, I thought another good archetype might be if someone wanted to play a real old person, you know, an older person going back to, to school. Uh, that would be good. And I do want it to have a little bit. It's all right for it to go a little bit into, you know, Porky's or, um, you know what I mean? A little bit of that is all right. Um, uh, it's all in, in good fun and, and it's all, you know, kind of uh, a comedic type thing, not to be taken too seriously. Um, so yeah, so uh, the next thing I wanted to think about was uh, how I want to bring those elements out in the game. Be right back with that. And now a word from our sponsors. So I really want to bring some 80s um, elements into it visually. So I'm going to be going through, you know, Googling, looking up, getting a bunch of images and everything. And so I'll have a lot of images from these movies and everything that they can pick as their own avatars, you know, um, and as well as to use as NPCs, whether it's classic teachers from these movies, you know, Bueller, Bueller, or, um, or you know, the enemies, you know, Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds, you know, uh, I don't know if hopefully people have seen what I'm talking about, you know, the meat, the, the stereotypical meathead football player that, um, dim-witted after the the nerds and the, you know they always can get the better of them or whatever you know i'd also like when possible to to use imagery for the you know monsters and everything from from 80s supernatural movies there are so many great um classic horror movies and um even teen horror movies comedy horror movies and everything from the 80s so as much of that as i can bring into it as possible i'm going to um the other thing um is the music. I mean, I guess everybody is kind of biased about the time they kind of grew up in, um, as far as it having the best music, at least it seems that way. It's kind of what you grew up with. It's what you're going to like the best, but the eighties is a little bit different. I think there is a kind of, uh, 
an appreciation for 80s music regardless of when you grew up because it was just so diverse is, is what it really comes down to. It was diverse, it was experimental, and the technology was not there. You know, as, as stuff got more and more specialized, you have more and more specialized radio stations just focus on one type of music. And then now with uh, streaming services and things like this, you can be really selective. You're, you're never going to listen to something that you don't want to listen to unless you, uh, you know, if you don't want to. You know what I mean? Uh, whereas for the 80s, you were going to be exposed through MTV or just through Top 40. You're going to be exposed to a bunch of different kind of music. And I thought that was great. Really, really diverse, varied music. I can remember coming home. We would go to church early on, you know, Sundays, and but we'd rush home. I would rush home because they played the t Casey Kasem did the top forty on uh, Sundays, and we'd get home just in time for maybe the last five songs. And uh, I'm thinking back, you know, I can tell it was right around 1984 when I'm thinking about this because number one seemed like for that whole year was "Let's Go Crazy" by Prince, you know, dearly beloved, and uh, me and my brother would would mimic out the uh, guitar solo and everything. It was just, uh, but you think about what was on the radio then, what was the top 40, um, you know, you've got Duran Duran, Frank Goes to Hollywood, you know, Billy Ocean, Van Halen, you know, Quiet Riot, Twisted Sister, uh, on and on to Culture Club, to um, uh, Madonna and, and, pretenders you know i mean it was uh it was every kind of music there was and i think that things like that visual and uh, the music can really bring you know bring a time to life so i've got all kinds of 80s music as well as some one hit wonder compilations so i'll be able to easily during transition scenes or the beginning of a session uh, you know, throw in maybe Tony Basil's uh, Mickey, you know what I mean? Or um, I ran from Flock of Seagulls, you know, during, at a moment. So figuring out, getting this huge 80s kind of playlist together to where at, at appropriate times during transitional scenes or just to kind of warm up, bring people into the kind of game session, I'll play a little of the... Um, you know, some classic 1980s music through it. And as far as the exact time period, I don't want to end, end it after 86. Because once you get into the late 80s, uh, it starts to lose that vibe as it transitions into the 90s and doesn't feel, you know, it's kind of, to me, that classic period is really 80 through 86. Um... I couldn't exactly tell you why. It's just, like I say, the late 80s, the music kind of a lot of the time lost the 80s vibe. The fashions started changing. To me, the most pure year really of the 80s is 84. And um, so I wanted to do, I wanted to try to start them like 82, you know. And so I'll be mentioning things that are going on culturally at that time, you know, 82, you know, E.T. will be in the theaters and, uh, or, um, I believe, uh, Poltergeist came out in 82 as well. So be able to t kind of tie in what's going on in pop culture, you know, Reagan's president and, and all this. And so 
the the way East Texas University works, um, instead of doing the whole novice, you know, start as a novice and and progress to seasoned and all that stuff like regular Savage Worlds, you go according to college, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and you have to declare a major and take tests and stuff. It's got all that kind of woven into it. So um, I'm going to start them 82 as freshmen. So they'll be juniors by 84, and then by the time they're graduating, um, you know, at 85, that's when, like, uh, um, Back to the Future came out and all that. So by the end of, uh, you know, by the spring of 86, they'll be graduating. I think that's the perfect kind of segment. If you got if you got to go over a four-year period or whatever, I think that 82 to 86 uh, should be ideal. At least I'm hoping. So I'm pretty excited about it. I know it's going to probably be a while before I can do this, but I'm, I'm trying to go ahead and get my kind of cultural touchstones in order, start downloading a huge amount of uh, photographs. Um, I've got the music where that's all kind of handy, and I can do that you know, in between sessions and everything. Uh, and then um, the, to get rolling on it, I really don't want to... Those of them that aren't that familiar with Savage Worlds, I I don't think I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend too much. I might give them a cheat sheet or whatever, but I don't don't think I'm gonna spend too much time explaining the rules other than very very basics, and just kind of let it come out as it as it develops. Um, I'm not gonna screw them over and let them go in and totally blind where they don't they don't know about things. But I think really relying on the pregens and having them just think in terms of stereotypical 80s comedies and these kind of things is where I want them to be. Because uh, it's going to really be driven, you know, so much of D&D. I mean, sure, it's character-driven, but it's, it's just driven by finding gold and, and killing monsters a lot of the time and everything. It's not important to come in with a fully formed backstory and this kind of thing. And this, to really give it that cinematic comedy horror 80s vibe, they need to be prepared to, out of the gate, be able to play that role. You know, you don't want to be, all right, I'm, I'm playing the, the, the total nerd, you know, virgin that's never talked to a girl before or whatever, you know, and then not be able to play that in the game or to play uh, a total kind of ass, you know, jerk, <laughs> jock, maybe, you know, that slowly learns to be a decent person th throughout their interaction with people that maybe they never would have interacted with otherwise, but they have to unite against some, some horror or something like that. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you've got to be able to play the jerk jock or it falls apart. So I'll be making sure I have a good... Uh, you know that a good smattering of those archetypes, and that they have time to to think about it, marinate on it, and pick something that they really feel like they can role play and come through on, because uh, that's going to make the whole thing you know go and feel good, feel like that that you know try to capture those those classic uh, that classic '80s feel, right? So we'll see if I'm successful again. It'll be a while before this starts, um, so kind of anticlimactic to, to talk about it but I know that down the line when I do run it I'll uh, be recapping it or who knows maybe even streaming it we'll see but um, I certainly 
Uh, I'm certainly already daydreaming about it, you know what I mean? And I'm pretty excited about it. It's right in my wheelhouse, so. Uh, and the new Savage Worlds is excellent, so it's already got me kind of fantasizing about about this next campaign. Anyway, that's what I wanted to chew the fat with y'all a little bit about today. Um, next you'll hear from me is Hump Day Bloggerama. Um, if you got any call-ins or thoughts about uh, running a 1980s based game or 80s horror game or 80s comedies or any of the kind of stuff that I talked about, feel free to call me on the Anchor app or leave me a message, frothsoft at gmail.com. Check out the blog, frostsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Hope you had a great weekend or are still having a great weekend. And uh, Logan? Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom.